Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host. And today's quote is by Tolkien, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And our guest today is good friend, an amazing person, Carolyn Browning, CMP, CMM, HMCC. And she is the chief solution strategist of meeting needs. She began her career in the meetings industry on the corporate side, handling customer events and sales meetings at both Sprint and GE Capital, and then went out on her own and never looked back. Passionate about meetings and events and education, Carolyn seeks to share her knowledge and experience with others, leading CMP prep classes, speaking to groups about how to plan better meetings to engage and inspire audiences, facilitating meetings and retreats, and helping clients design and execute impactful meetings. Carolyn is also a devoted Disney fan, I might say fanatic, and is the proud mom of two college students, which actually I believe is no longer accurate. We're going to have to ask her about one who recently graduated. So Carolyn, welcome. Hi, Heather. Glad to be here. Oh, so happy to have you. Now tell me, have both of of your kids graduated or are they? Yes, they have. Um, oh my, my, well, my daughter graduated in 2020. So she was one of those um, lucky, unlucky people who didn't have a formal graduation, um, but she graduated college last year. Um, my son had graduated three years ago, but he was staying on for his doctorate and he just got his doctorate uh, last month. Oh, you must be so proud. I am. It was, it was wonderful. And, and I'm so happy for him that he finally finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, you know, what a journey. And now to be sending them out into the world. So I guess, you know, I have a million questions for you, but I'm going to start with that one. What does it feel like in today's world to be sending your kids out there? Um, it's... Well, as a parent, you know, it's, it's always scary to send them out doing something, but I think I'm very, I'm very lucky. I think they're both very grounded individuals. And my, my daughter who graduated in 2020, she's very fortunate that she has a job mm -hmm. um, and she's upstairs right now um, <laughs> where, where she works, because, you know, that's what uh, we do in, in this uh, economy. Um, and my son actually will be starting, he's actually going for a residency because his um, degree is in physical therapy. So he's going to be doing that starting in September. So they both have something which is very Wonderful. fortunate for them because I know a lot of their colleagues um, aren't in that same position. Oh, how wonderful. And I know you've done such a great job with them. Now, I was very excited. I've known you, it feels like forever when you decided to branch out on your own because I'm just a fan of that and I know how talented you are but as a as a small business owner you know what has this been like for you because I know what it's been like for me this past year so let's talk about what that what happened for you what it felt like and what you did I think like everybody else, when it happened, meaning the, you know, the 
the pandemic and the lockdown and you couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, you, you thought it was going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one thought this was going to be long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a small business owner, you have to be used to the, the ebbs and flows and, and the roller coaster, um, mm-hmm. as I call it. Um, for, for me, fortunately, I've been working from home for 20 something years for as long as I've been on my own. So I was very used to that. Um, what I wasn't used to was having three other people in the house with me. <laughs> yes, that does make a different dynamic and yes. it elevates your, uh, your ability to really designate boundaries and stick to certain expectations and schedules. What was that like for, for you guys? Um, it, it was a little challenging at first because so my daughter was was still actually both kids were still in college, um, you know, taking classes. So they had to come back and start taking uh, do their classes from from home. Uh, so we had to figure out where what was the best place for them. And my husband had to come back from the office and he needs a designated space. So. I very graciously gave up my office to him so he could have a place with a door, um, mm-hmm. which meant I ended up in the living room. <laughs> ah. um, but, you know, we, we made it work. And um, I think everybody knew that they had to keep a routine because with classes, they happen when they happen. It's not like you can fake it. Um, so we, we established a routine. It, it took a little while to, to get used to that. Um, but I think it, we, we made it work. That's good. That's good. Now, I know that when we last spoke, we were talking about you know, the concept of time. And you were talking about some of the great ways that you look at it and what you've done with time. So I do want to talk a little bit about, about that and how you've been able to, I guess, balance you know, the time that you have working, the time that you take for yourself, like talk to me a little bit about that. And even going back, you know, the time, did you take any time to, to wallow in the challenges? <laughs> like, you know, I, and I use it that way because so many people I see, it was just really hard and they spent a good deal of time trying to fight the reality of what is. So let me start there. Yeah, I think that everybody last year did a little bit of wallowing. And as a small business owner, there might've been a little bit more wallowing than other people um, because I looked at my calendar, which was pretty packed with a variety of clients and, and opportunities. And it got, it started getting wiped clean very quickly things that we thought were on hold or, or I thought might be moving or maybe would go virtual. Some of them said, nope, we're not doing anything this year. Mm-hmm. Um, others just kept pushing it out, but a lot of things just kept getting wiped clean. So it's that stopping and starting and, oh, maybe this is going to happen. Um, so that there was some, I will admit there was a little bit of a pity party um, at the <laughs> beginning, but I was then realized that I, I've been through challenges before. Uh, you know, I've, I've been through 9-11 where meetings didn't happen. Um, I've been through the recession of 2008 where there weren't a lot of things going on. So I, I realized that I, 
could take advantage of some, some free time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I kind of looked at it that way because I also wanted to model for my kids who were here um, that this wasn't just a time where I was going to sit down and feel sorry for myself and do nothing. Uh, yes, there were times where we sat and did cross, uh, crossword puzzles and jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. um, and watched uh, some TV, just a little mm-hmm. bit too much. Um, <laughs> but I also wanted to show them that I got up every morning, I worked out, I got dressed. I don't totally understand this pajama culture, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I did that because I need that routine and that structure in my day. And if I didn't have projects that I were, were going to happen because a lot of them disappeared, I found other things to do, whether it was reaching out to other colleagues who I haven't seen or who were going through much stronger challenges than I was to say, hey, how you doing? What can I do for you? Or just have a friendly voice to talk to, mm-hmm. to like everybody else, figuring out how to do virtual meetings. So looking at and, and taking some uh sessions on different platforms to learn about them. So yes, I knew Zoom, but all the other alphabet soup of platforms that were out there to figure it out. Um, And then to to do productive things with my downtime, let me learn and be more educated on how to be and produce virtual meetings um, or to take some courses that I hadn't had time for before. So I actually saw last year, as more of a, and maybe a blessing is not the right word, but it was an opportunity. It was very challenging, but I saw it as an opportunity for me to improve myself in, in ways that I hadn't before. I love that. And I do, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought it up, the example that you set for your kids, because I remember you saying that, and I thought that really struck me is that we have to remember that it's not just about us. It's about the people around us who are watching what we do and picking up on that energy. So I love that you said that. And it leads into what you were mentioning about learning about new platforms. I remember you had written an article about the use of your time as it was related to learning and development. So you had some great concepts and and viewpoints on that. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners too? Sure. So at the beginning of the the lockdown, if you want to call it that, which it it was, um, there there were so many things offered to meeting planners, so many webinars that were out there to learn about how to do meetings online. And I think I I took a ton of them in the first couple of weeks. And then I realized I was going into overload Mm -hmm. and I had to figure out what's the best use of my time because I really didn't want to be on the computer and on, on Zoom or, or another platform for 12 hours a day. You know, I, I had to step back and say, what was the best use of my time? What was going to fit um, with what I was looking for, with what my clients might be looking for? And then had to figure out what skills did I think I needed to enhance. So the the first thing that I started looking at was I knew I had some facilitation clients who were going to do things online, uh, digitally or virtually, as opposed to in person. So how could I best help them? And how could I take things that 
we would have done in person like team building and working on a strategic plan or looking at the calendar and how are we gonna do that on Zoom? So reading a lot of articles and doing a lot of research on how to best, and I like this word swivel instead of pivot, how are we gonna swivel to, the, to doing a virtual retreat? Yeah. And that was something that um, it was challenging because trying to herd everybody in that uh, virtual arena is more difficult and more challenging than in person. But I found that once I had the, my toolkit enhanced, that it, it did work well. And you were able to see everybody and you know, you could call people out just like you would in person, but since it was a small enough group, uh, I, I think it worked well. So that's the, the first thing I did, um, figured out how to, to have engagement virtually, how to do some team building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I looked at some of the other things that I could do. Yes, I still took some of those webinars and and had some insights into different platforms, but what else could I do to be better? Um, So I I looked at some of the the courses that were out there and I did end up taking the virtual event and meeting management certificate, um, which was offered through ELI. There was a couple of classes that were offered, but I thought that one would be helpful to me to figure out how to have good engagement in the virtual arena mm-hmm. and how to well, all the different parts and pieces that go into producing a, a virtual event. People thought at the beginning, oh, I could just take whatever I would do in person and yeah. make it make it, you know, work in the in the virtual space. But that's not the case. You know, we have our checklist of all the things we do logistically in person. And they're similar in the virtual world, but there are a lot of differences. And there are things that work in an in-person agenda that are not going to work digitally. So I thought that that course was very helpful to figure out some of the nuances and differences and different ways that you have to promote virtual events um, and different pieces and and constructs that you have to do in, in that environment. Uh, that's outstanding. I actually just finished running a program called One Week to Your One Thing, which is about finding your focal point and, you know, and starting with what is the end result that you want so that you know the best place to focus in order to get there. And it sounds like you just automatically do that. That's the, that's the way that you were looking at things. How can I best serve my clients? How can I um, make sure that I'm spending my time wisely so I'm learning the right things in order to achieve my goals. And I think that is really, really important for people right now because there's still so much overwhelm. And even actually, as we open back up and there's a lot more opportunity and you're hearing things like it's like a waterfall, Mm -hmm. we have to be especially focused on how we use our time as well. Do you have a I know you're really good with your time. Do you have a set, you know, I guess, tip or two that you would share with someone that you use that's been particularly effective for you? I'm not sure that I have a, you know, specific tips or words of wisdom. I just think that you need to find what works for you in terms of 
monitoring your time and allocating your time. For, for me, I, I need to do ha, have some kind of a schedule or a routine. So even though I love to sleep, I try and wake up at the same time every day and I, I get up early. I need to work out in the morning because that's what works for me. I, I'm not an evening workout person, so I, I need to have that routine. Um, and then, you know, look, trying not to look at that phone first thing in the morning, it's very difficult. Mm. I do the crossword puzzle on the phone though. Um, <laughs> but, but, but then kind of looking at my, my week and how am I going to divide up my time? Mm. And if, if things aren't terribly busy, then I don't need to be in my office five days a week. Um, I can monitor things from, you know, my, from upstairs, from outside. Um, but I find that I need to have a good balance of time outside, some time with, with nature. And I know that you're a, a nature lover as well. So getting that vitamin D, getting that, you know, sense, sense, sense of the outside, which I think is very grounding. Um, and then having a, a, looking at keeping abreast of things that are going on. So looking at articles and, but trying not to go down the, social media rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. um, just things that I, I know that, that keep me sane, whether it's learning, whether it's keeping in touch with, with customers um, and colleagues, which I think was very important over this past year. Oh, 100%. Now you said, oh, I don't have a specific tip. You just gave us like seven amazing <laughs> time management tips, Carolyn. You didn't even know you did it. Now, I especially, you know, I really am a big fan of setting a, a consistent morning routine. It sets you up for success. It just does, you know, and, and based upon your own intentions and goals, not on other people's priorities, right? right. And mm -hmm. so I love that you do that. And I'm sure it helps tremendously. Now, I wanted to ask you, you know, as a as a small business owner, we have to constantly be thinking about future sales or future business, right? Mm -hmm. So is there a way that you stay relevant and top of mind for your potential clients when they're ready to do more? I, I think it's just very important to, to stay out there. So I've been keeping on social media. I know where my potential clients are and where my current clients are. So I share articles that I think are relevant to mm. folks that I, I work with. Um, I am trying to keep up with my blog on my website. Doesn't always, um, <laughs> doesn't always work. I, I know that you're a super consistent writer. I have to get better at that. Um, and just seeing what other people are doing and posting and liking and sharing um, I, I, at first when social media started, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get involved in this, but I think that it's, it's the way that, that the world is moving has gone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to, to stay relevant, making sure that you're just kind of reaching out and following up with people. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Is there anything coming down the pike? I'm not a super, um, aggressive salesperson on that. I'm that subtle person mm -hmm. who's following up and seeing how's, how it's going, because I think that I, I 
put it out there. What can I do for you? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And that it will, it'll come around, it will come back. And I'm, I'm seeing that right now that slowly on the, the corporate side, things are coming back um, with my, my clients. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, you put it out there yeah. and it'll come. It might not come immediately, but it will come. It does come. And it may not come from the place that you think it should come from. It's not necessarily a, a direct karmic reaction, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you put it out there in the universe and it does come back to you from somewhere. And I will say, I'm going to challenge you on this, Carolyn, because I will say that I have noticed that your value-driven content, your posts and things like that have been much more um, consistent over the last year. I think that you've been doing a, a fantastic job of that. So I, I know maybe not what you want to do, but I don't want to downplay what you've been doing because that is what keeps you top of mind for, for your clients. And you know when, when they want a resource, someone who knows what's going on in the industry, they're going to think about, oh yeah, you know, I love that post that Carolyn made. I'm I'm sure she'll know about this. And it's important, especially, you know, having the value and not just posting about, you know, anything, you can staying in your lane and Mm -hmm. posting specifically the value driven content, I think is really, really important. Now, um, This is called From Fear to Fire. So I always have to ask, is there anything that you've experienced in your life that you see as a big challenge or fear or or problem, mountain, block, whatever, that, that you had made your way through and learned a lesson from that you'd like to share? I think that just deciding to go out on my own <laughs> That's a good you one. Know, was, That's definitely was, was a little fearful. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really kind of fell into. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this last week with, I don't know if I talked about it with the group that, that we, we were with together, but when I, I was in working for cor- a corporate uh, company and went out on maternity leave and then decided, well, I'm going to stay home for a while, Mm -hmm. but I'll eventually go back to, you know, working for somebody else. And while I was home, I had so many colleagues who I knew through my professional association who said, Hey, while you have downtime with a newborn, Mm -hmm. um, while you have downtime, (laughs) I, could you help me with X, Y, Z? Or I have a client who needs help with something. And that, you know, I started doing a few of those things. And somebody said, why don't you just start your own business? And I'm like, mm, I don't know anything about that. But I said, why don't I try it and, and see how that goes? Well, that was 24 years ago. <laughs> and um, I there definitely are ups and downs and, and rocky roads. And, but you know what? I, I really love it. I love the fact that every day is different. I love the fact that I have a variety of clients and I kind of get to choose who they are. Um, Isn't that great? <laughs> which, which is great. And I, I get to choose, Hey, I'm going to take a week off and do 
whatever. And I don't feel guilty about it. Um, so there's definitely some, there, there was fear in starting it. There is fear in, oh my goodness, can I afford to do this? But I'm fortunate that we're a two income family. So I, I can do that um, and do something that I really love. So I, I just, I get fired up about that. I really, really like that I get to, to do what I like and, uh, and have that flexibility. Oh, that's fantastic. And you managed to, to sneak in a firework. <laughs> I love it. That's just in the nick of time, too. We're getting close <laughs> to the end. I'm like, man, she did it. That's awesome. <laughs> now, I know that you do a lot of great work with students. What do you love most about working with students? I love their, their passion. I love their... Um, their inquisitiveness. I love how they're, they're not jaded, <laughs> that they're, they're open and they, they want to, they want to learn their sponges. And, and I, I'd love helping to fill up that well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. The energy of, of working with students is just so, so much fun, so outstanding. I went through a, a period of time where I happened to just, it turned out that I was doing a lot of work with accountants and engineers and I love working with them because you can really see if you're helping them in something like communicating with other people within the organization or externally, you can really see the difference, right? But there's there's not as much of that exuberance. <laughs> and then when you go work with some students, Students and before you even say anything, they're all like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely different, but you have a wonderful way with them. You have a great presence with them. And so they, they look up to that. They're listening to you and taking it in and moving forward with that, that action and that passion. So I think, I think it's fantastic. I'd love to watch you when you work with your students. Thank so you. how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to reach you? Um, well, you can go to my website, which is www.carolynbrowning.com. Mm -hmm. um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, or I can, put a, I can put a link if you want in yep. the show notes for your LinkedIn profile for people. That would be great. Your website, if you like. That would be great. And I'm also on um, Facebook. I have a, a business page on Facebook where I post a lot as well. So I can, if you could share that, I would appreciate it. Sure, of course, happy to. And so as I suspected, the time has flown by. So now it's time for your final parting words of wisdom. What do you have for us, Carolyn? Oh, words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's about being consistent, um, being authentic and, and true to yourself. Find what you love to do and just stick with it. It might not be easy. Um, and there might be those ups and downs on the roller coaster, but roller coasters are fun, aren't they? <laughs> I'm a fan, as you know, so that's a good thing to end on here. Live the adventure, everybody. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure that you enjoyed Carolyn as much as I did. So share with a friend this podcast and make sure to check out her, her website or connect with her on LinkedIn. Carolyn, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Heather. You too. Bye.